is going on. It's JMW. It's Fresh X. And we are the International Professional Podcasters, the Hoopers. What's going on, players? So we've been at this podcast thing for a minute now, and I'm pretty sure y'all wondering, man, I don't know if I could be a podcaster, how much would it cost? But using the Anchor app is absolutely free. It's free and it's easy to do. You can record from your phone, you can record on your computer, even on your iPad or whatever you use. So it's super simple. Now you've got it set up, you know that you can do it. You're thinking, man, now how do I get listeners? How do I put it out there? Anchor also provides that for you, considering that they put you on different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can't be international if people don't hear you. And they also set it up for you where you can make money off of your listeners, but no, no minimum listenership. So all you got to do, go to anchor.fm, download the app, and everything you need is right here. So it's us once again, the international professional podcaster, John W. And Fresh X. You the hoopers. Peace out, players. Recently, 2018-2019, number one player and former University of Memphis, big man James Wiseman, decided I'm done with school. I'm just gonna, you know, he gonna say he gonna get, he signed to a, he signed an agent. He's just gonna prepare a workout for the NBA draft. I know how you feel about that. You think a lot more players, if you want to go to the NBA, just that's what you should do. And I know we've had this conversation plenty of times before. I know that you said recently that you know your son is talented enough for that. That's what he would do. And I think it's a good idea. I think we were talking about it yesterday, how, you know, just work out. Because, of course, once after you get drafted, you're going to be on an NBA workout program. Right. NBA training is mm-hmm. more likely, especially if you have an agent. I, my question, um, which kind of caught me off guard, was I didn't know that he was going to be eligible to play January, January 9th. I, it was the 9th, I thought it was the 11th. 11th, some, yeah, some of that list, range. Less than a month away from right. being able to play So, again. I didn't know that he was even going to be eligible to play. So, my only question I'm de- definitely totally for what he did. I just I wonder why he made the decision now, since he you know January is like two right weeks away, right. so he was gonna be able to play soon. So I wonder why he decided now that he uh, wanted to go pro. But I don't I don't like I said I don't blame him. We don't talked about this many times in the past, even before it became trendy. Go back to the days of Brandon Jennings. Shout out to him when he went overseas. Uh, what was my boy? Uh, 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 Jeremy Tyler, Jeremy Tyler, you know, he 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 left school in 10th grade, even before the days of, like, LaMelo Ball, which people right. know nowadays. So, yeah, the only thing that caught me off guard was I was wondering why he uh, did it now since he's about to be eligible. But, you know, at worst, he's going to go number three. More than likely, he's going number one. Right. Um, so, I think it's a good move for him. And uh, especially he got a, his, his college coach was an NBA player, NBA ties. So, I'm sure he has great people around him. I'm sure Penny's going to help him out through the process. And uh hope he ends up with the Warriors, really. Right. <laughs> and it's, I think Penny had a lot to do. I think Penny might have yeah. convinced him because Penny, you know. Convinced him to go to the league? Yeah, because Penny, yeah. Penny said he was going to play even if he was ineligible. Right, Penny I, didn't care. Right. Fuck the championship this right. year. Because Penny had a good recruiting class over the past year, this past summer anyway. So all, a lot of the, maybe three or two other players probably going into the draft. I think they end up having the number one recruiting class. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were number one. But it's so like, I, don't know I can say, you know, as long as he stay on his basketball stuff, Throughout the year, I think we were saying yesterday, you know, like, you know, work out maybe three, four days out the week. And then, you know, you have another two days where you just do full court scrimmage stuff. Right. Then another day, day <clears> and <throat> a half, day, day and a half, you do, you know, skill training. Right. So, cause like I say, by the time you get drafted and you start doing the um, things, working up to the pre draft workout, that's going to be your kind. You were in shape in college anyway. Right. Then some league is going to come. 
in, like I say, training, official training camp, then preseason. So by the time the NBA season comes along, he keeps doing basketball stuff now up until then. Right. It's not like he's not. He's going to be in great shape. You could say, well, you don't get to see him play against anybody. He's not playing against, you know. Right, nobody's really challenging him now anyway, and I just think we're in a climate nowadays where it's so many more professional athlete trainers, there's so many more basketball opportunities, and then there's ways to make money and get started as a pro where you don't have to go to college. You can sign an endorsement, sign with an agent, and just work out. Like, I'm sure, I don't know what agency he signed with, but I'm pretty sure they're, they're getting him with Chris Johnson, Chris Brinkley, the NBA yeah. scouts, uh, I mean, the NBA trainers right now. He's right. going to start his regimen. Like I say, three, four, maybe even five days a week. Then have some days where he get to learn how to be a pro, take some meetings with some endorsements. He right. might sign an You can do all that without going to college. Yeah, he, so. he, he, especially like you say, when you chosen, he top three. Right. He, he's the number one prospect for a lot of people. So, shout out to Wiseman, man. I can't wait to see him in the NBA mm-hmm. next year. And I, I think he's gonna be a good player too. I, I really, can, I really hope he goes to the Warriors. He a perfect fit for what the Warriors need to take them into this next decade. So, shout out to him. Right. And on that note, I'm John W. Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. Big, couple big games last yeah, night. Yeah. Beast in the East versus the best in the West, fight for the best record in the league. Milwaukee versus the Lakers, and then Houston played the Clippers. So the new King of L.A. Kawhi Leonard. I'm calling the King of L.A. for one reason. He decided to buy a multi-million dollar mansion across the street from Staples Center. It's like who Kobe didn't even do that right, across from Staples Center. So he said in the New Balance commercial, he said this is his city. Right. And I think that proves the city. But back to the Milwaukee Los Angeles Lakers game last night. Yeah. I was really impressed with um Giannis. He had a career high five threes last night. George yeah, he did. Like he had a, he had a he, shot going for him. Like he took total control of the game. I think too with people Milwaukee the last couple seasons since, you know, they won 60 last year, and they're like, they're going to win 60 again this year. They're not going 73-9, and nine, which they are on pace to do. They're not going to do that. They don't play those 73-9? and nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got four losses right now, so yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But either. I think Milwaukee's defense is what really won that game for them and the fact that their role players are better than the Lakers. But they played defense as perfect as you can against LeBron because you know he's still in the midst of whatever him and Anthony Davis are doing the offense or whatever Frank Vogel wanted him to do. Right. He still wanted to run his driving-ditch offense and Milwaukee played that perfect. And it's funny you say that their role players are better because I I think that they do have solid role players. George Hill had 21 last night, but I don't even think that they have amazing role players. No, not amazing. But they do have solid role players, and I think what kind of came down to it last night was Giannis was by far the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. This was what was interesting to me last night because, uh, you know, LeBron, he finished with, a, you know, 8 for 19, 21 points. LeBron is LeBron. I think what stood out for me, what I what I took from the game from the beginning, was this can't be about LeBron. It got to be about Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis had a great game. He was actually plus six and plus minus for people who like that. Thirty six points, uh, uh, thirty six points, and I think he had eleven rebounds, something in that ten range. Rebounds. Ten rebounds. So yeah, ten rebounds. So and five assists. He was eleven twenty five for the field. And even though his numbers are on par with Giannis. It just felt like Giannis was way better than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis came up. He was New Orleans. He had 36 points. How many of those? 36 points. I'm going to say it over and over. But how many of those times in New Orleans did, was was there those 36 and 10 and three block games where it's like, well, right. were you even still out there though? And he played like, like I say, it's, it's weird. You just had to watch the game. Big minutes for him, 40, over 40 minutes after not playing the night before. 36 points again. 
but it just seemed like Giannis was better than he was out hustling him at times. I saw him take some rebounds from him and stuff like that. And, 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 and they're both fours. Yeah. So they're, they, that, they, they did guard each they other. Were they each they other. were guarding each other, which I was about to get to next. Anthony Davis didn't look like he could guard Giannis. I know Anthony Davis was coming off um ankle injury. He didn't play the game. He didn't play the game the um, the game before. Right. But Anthony Davis Anthony Davis looked ineffective against Giannis on offense. Andy, like I said, he did have thirty six. Right. But Giannis made Giannis took Anthony Davis out of the game. Right. And earlier in the game, um, I thought Anthony Davis was gonna play Giannis pretty well because what I saw was kind of what I saw from Kawhi guarding Giannis last year. Giannis was trying to like dribble past Anthony Davis, and his handle isn't super strong, so he couldn't get by him. Anthony Davis would beat him to the spots. So then his three started going, five for eight from three last night, and then Anthony Davis just couldn't really guard him, honestly. And I mean, Giannis MVP, he's averaging thirty. Who can guard him? But if anybody can guard him, it would be Anthony, Anthony Davis, right? Like Anthony right. Davis, top five. Players I would say this: um, in the second half, LeBron was on um, Giannis a lot of possessions. Really? Okay. Yeah. And LeBron, yeah, LeBron was able to negate some of the things he was able to do because, like, I don't think Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is too thin to actually guard Giannis which, consistently. Which is funny considering Giannis <laughs> is so thin, but he's so cut and right. strong. Yeah. So, but I think that was a big difference in yeah. that matchup. And like I said, I just want to go back to the Milwaukee defense real quick. I, you know, brought it up real quick, but Milwaukee played like I said, they played with having Wesley Matthews on LeBron, who's not as he was like oh, Wesley Matthews is not going to be big enough, but Wesley Matthews is a pest. Right. And once he steps in front of you to cut off that driving lane, and Milwaukee is so long, then after that on the perimeter, right. there's no corners to pass the ball to or any weak side passes because they're all playing, playing the passing lane, which mm-hmm. LeBron had, I think, eight. So he had four turnovers. Four turnovers. I believe it was. Yeah, four turnovers. Four turnovers. And I think that was a product of Milwaukee playing the shooting lane and Wesley Matthew or whoever was the primary person guarding LeBron, cutting him off to the basket. Like I said, you're not going to stop LeBron. He's a superstar. You know, he's been a superstar since third, fourth year in the league. You can only contain him, and Milwaukee did a great job containing him last night. I got a stat for people. This is funny to me because everybody like the plus minus stats, That's which I, I, I like it, but I don't love it. Tool, not the toolbox. LeBron had the worst plus minus for the starters in the Lakers last night. Minus 14. He's the only person in the starting lineup that was negative. I just want to throw that out there. It means nothing, but that's what the plus minus people. Remember, they was killing Melo after the first, first game. game plus, Somebody plus, plus minus. Well, LeBron was minus fourteen last night. I guess he's washed up. But I was. I, I'm gonna give Wesley uh, Matthews his credit though, because he was really bothering LeBron. The Bucks do hang their hat on. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league, I think, up there with them. Philly. Yeah, there's a couple teams. Toronto's a good defensive team, so they're really up there with the top defensive teams. So. This is a question maybe for a later episode. I just think I want people to ponder on. And it, it feels silly to say because, again, he had 36 points. But I feel like Anthony Davis is just more of LeBron's sidekick than his, oh, they both should be in the MVP conversation. Big numbers, cool, but he's not an MVP candidate. He's, he, he The first game, they looked like they was going to heavily weigh on Anthony Davis. They went to him a lot. And then they lost or whatever. His first game, though, we can't over-exaggerate it. But then they kind of went away on LeBron taking more control. Right. I think he's really more LeBron's sidekick than it being Shaq and Kobe. I got, and I did see Anthony Davis floating a lot right on the on the perimeter on offense. It happened. Like, but I I think you know that's not completely how they want to run the offense, but that's what it did look like last night. Anthony Davis was more of the sidekick role, right? And just trying to feed off LeBron, where you know maybe Anthony Davis should be more aggressive. And then you know that LeBron's his favorite player. Uh, he's his favorite player as a kid, so he's like a dream right. to play with LeBron. But I think he need to. I, to me, 
he needs to, I don't know that he's doing this, but it just seems like he's still looking at LeBron like an idol when they should be peers. You right. know what I mean? Like, if Anthony Davis is top five and LeBron's top five, y'all both MVP candidates. I just expected more from him. Right. And like, I mean, 43 minutes, 36 points, points, what more could game. he have done, I right. guess. So, I don't know. You just had to watch the game. If you was watching the game, you know, let me know what, what you – how did Anthony Davis play to you last night? So – and that's been beyond the box score. Right, like beyond saying, the box score. Th- he has 36 and 10. Top 10 which player is, in the league. He's which is crazy. He's not, even, he's, barely, he's not even really adding 10 rebounds this year. You would expect. Anthony Davis is it? He might be up to 10 now. But, but like, he, right when 10, I, Yeah, but like last time I saw it, it was like 8 or 9. But, okay. Yeah. I want to get into uh, a little bit, just real quick, uh, the Houston game last night. Houston, Houston. beat the Clippers, uh, actually, 122 to 117. And um, Russell Westbrook with <laughs> 40 points. He kind of willed them to the win, I guess you could say, brought them back in. But, I, and you know, I was high on – not that I was high on Houston. I just think that this was the year when he – you know, everyone's about to change his breakthrough. So, I'm like, this is the year. But I, I don't like Houston no more. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I, is I'm great. tired of these really high shots. 40 points for Westbrook, 31 shots, eight turnovers. I mean – it it didn't really just seem like a good game, and he you know like I said they had to crawl back not crawl back into it, but they kind of had to get back into it because the Clippers was winning them. They had a big third quarter or whatever, but I'm a little worried about Houston. They're so heavily reliant on who I mean who isn't they're heavily reliant on their star players, but when it's not going for them, it's just not going. Right. And I just still don't think James Harden steps up like last night. You know he playing heavyweights, and when the Stuff gets tough. Nobody's really noticed it this year because James is averaging 38. But when the, it gets tough and they need to get gritty, they need to grind and win the game and pull it out, Westbrook made best player. They follow Westbrook. But, see, I think that was the whole thing of getting Westbrook with James Harden because there's such different personalities True. on the court as well as off the court. Yeah, Westbrook's James, not going to fade. He's not James Harden. I'm not saying James Harden. Like, he just – he doesn't, like – like you said, he's not a he doesn't always he's not always as aggressive as he should be. Right. Eight for James Harden averages twenty about twenty six shots per game. He shot sixteen shots last night. Shot to Patrick Beverly for doing a good job on him in the first half, I will say that. Yeah. But you're eight for sixteen, twenty eight points. Like I said, James Harden you know, he's the best player. He should get so he should get shots up. But of course. 16 shots compared to what he's at, what, 25 shots per game, yeah, basically? He, he was about 25 shots per game. You know, it's like, you know, were you all the way there? Did you feel like you out of it? So, you, was it a perp? Did he purposely defer to Westbrook, I guess, is my question, because he, you know. He, I think, honestly, watching what I watched, it seemed like Patrick Beverly annoyed him. And then when Patrick Beverly wasn't there, it was Paul George. And if Paul George's not there, it's Kawhi. And it's just like, shit, man. Like, can somebody <laughs> that's not the fed guard me to like like, Paul George, I, I'm going to get to that in a second. But when Paul George is on your defense, like, for a while it was Kawhi. And it might still be Kawhi, but I think Paul George is the best perimeter defender in the league because he's still so athletic. And, then, you know, Kawhi got, you know, his knee injuries or whatever, but he's so athletic and he's so long. Right. I just be wondering why Paul George isn't the best player in the NBA. That's what I was about to say. But we ain't talking about him right, right. now. Like, but uh, I just think James, he – it just got frustrating for him because he shot eight for 16. That's 50% from the field. But he, he missed three free throws last night. That don't happen too often. He had 28 points. It's like, this is what y'all should want from James. But it just seemed like a weird game. Like you say, Patrick Beverly was on him heavy the first game. He he stepped back and Patrick Beverly was stripping it. Um, they, they just made it real tough for James. So shout out to the Clippers defense. Right. 
but back to the Clippers to this point. They did lose. Though. They did lose. Um, I think at some point, Doc Rivers is going to have to go away from this. You do, it's your turn, my turn ball with Kawhi, Paul George, and Lou Williams. They had the full team last night. And they lost the game in the second half. They did. Yeah, like they were they they were up big going they were up double digits going into halftime they let the Rockets come back third quarter basically to turn the game because I don't I think because Paul George A doesn't want to play inside of offense first and foremost yeah, you and know he said a couple years ago don't run plays for him. Him. he'll just but, get in the flow but then that leads to his inconsistent shooting like he'll have nights where he looks like he looks like the best player he looks like Kev, he looks like Kevin Durant some nights right. and then he has some nights where he looks like no disrespect Jonathan Bennett. He was. I love Jonathan Bender. Well, he was supposed to be great. He was supposed to be. On. You know, he got the microscopic surgery before when it ruined careers. Right. Shout out to Jonathan Bender. Shout out to Jonathan Bender. But you're, you McDonald, are right, McDonald, McDonald All-American legend. But, you are and correct. then Kawhi Leonard, because Kawhi Leonard should be the player where you go and you go as the offense go. Like, right. you pick your spots. Paul George shouldn't be the player picking his spots. It should be Kawhi Leonard because we know Lou Williams is going to come in. Lou Williams, regardless of who's he on the court with. Right. Like, Lou Williams going to have the ball in his hands. Right. And Lou then, didn't get any shots up for real last night. Only five shots, so that was kind of on Lou light. But you know he's been hurt. I think he, yeah, he just came back. Yeah, he just came back from injury as well. And uh, Montrez Harrell, who they also now have to figure out a way to get shots, also take a lot of ISO possessions. Right. But you can look in the shot attempts that, like you say, that it is a my turn, his turn type of offense because Paul George and Kawhi is getting shots. And Montrez is getting shots, meaning I'm playing pick and roll with my big man, but Lou wasn't getting shots. Shamit isn't getting shots, meaning y'all not really running offense for real. Like, So I think that's something they got to look into. And they can't gain chemistry because they load manage. They load manage. They don't practice a lot. Paul George started the year hurt. The Clippers full roster, I don't know this off the top of my head, but their full roster played last night. They had to be like the third or fourth game everybody has played. Lou, at least the important people. Lou, Patrick Beverly, Kawhi, Paul George, Montrez. Uh, you got Shamit out there. Like with all of them playing, they they can't have played more than five games together this year. So, you know, hopefully they get it in rhythm because the Clippers can win the championship, but – don't just think because you insert Paul George and Kawhi into this lineup like it's just sweet like that. Just like with the Lakers, because you get Anthony Davis, it's not just sweet like that. Like you still got to work. Are you so. still gotta, and speaking of that, did you see the quote recently? Um, Doc Rivers has Coach LeBron came out again with um, we don't load manage over here, right? Yeah, and then why wouldn't I play all yeah. the eighty-two games? And then um, Doc Rivers, you know, his rebuttal to that was, you know, that's you know that's not what we're doing over here. We do what we want. They do clearly, you know, that he said. Like, this is just the quiet and actually see the whole um, thing. But it was like, you know, they just do – clear. they just do whatever LeBron, do LeBron um, wants. Right. Yeah, that was a quote. I actually heard him say it. He said, uh, I don't know what their uh, philosophy is. It's whatever LeBron wants it to be. And sh- I want to shout out LeBron for taking this approach to want to play every game. But I'm so over him acting like he didn't load manage or he didn't sit out right. games. Like, we get it. You're at the end of your career. And he missed a lot of games last year. So, that may maybe made him put it in perspective. But let's not like he didn't right. load manage. But, so, shout out to Doc. For yeah, shout out to Doc. Team. But just to stay on the Doc yeah. and former Celtics, because KG recently came out and said what he said about, you know, LeBron. Mm-hmm. Which, the quote isn't that, that bad. What he said isn't that bad if you actually think about who it's coming from and where it's coming from. But because of that Celtics team. Yeah, because they are a little overly cocky. They are. They are overly cocky. So you don't want to hear him say it. And I think Doc Rivers also was falling into that because 
you we've said this off record before we had this podcast. Doc Rivers is a good coach. But you take that one championship away from him, what's the difference between him and he's not a Greg Popovich in my opinion. He's not a Pat Riley, he's not a Phil Jackson. I mean, nobody's those coaches, but I mean, they put him up there in that conversation they, they though do. as the best. I don't coach even think he's league. a Steve Kerr. Yeah, so I think it's funny though with the outrage of people with KG because when K when KD went to the Warriors, uh, I remember everything in the basketball talk. When KD went to the Warriors, everybody always said, "Oh, it's not the same with LeBron going to Miami because LeBron went to Miami because he could beat the Celtics." But then when Garnett come out and says we broke LeBron, it's oh now he's just talking crap. Right. So it's it was definitely some truth into what KG said. They also are on a book tour, so they're gonna talk about this stuff a little more. They're right. retired players, so yeah, I saw somebody say he's saying this for clout. KG is the highest earning player in NBA history. He don't need no clout. Like the clout thing, we're gonna end that in twenty twenty. <laughs> KG, he, he, he a Hall of Famer, he MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, two NBA championships. What? Come on, I mean two NBA Finals appearances, yeah, one championship. Come on now. But the Celtics team, they that team, they does, do talk like they have like five championships they and they do. went to ten. They do. We they all like we they the Celtics. Right. But, but it's some truth in the way he said it. And if you think about who K, what you think about KG's career, who has who more has a right to speak on stuff like that? Exactly. He, he know Min- all about it. He was people forget people act like he left Minnesota when he was 25, 26, 24. No, KG was already ten plus years in the league, right? And he had done everything he could do for Minnesota. And People, I also saw some quotes like, oh, KG, don't you realize you do the same thing? So this is for the young people who didn't remember. But you remember that whole sequence going down with him being traded from Boston to there? KG didn't want to leave. They had to overly convince him. Like, Flip Saunders had to go to him like KG. Chauncey Billups told him to do it. Bro, this is the right move for your career. We right. you know you love Minnesota. You're not quitting. We, we're, we're letting you go. Right. Like, that's what it came down to. And I remember they once they traded for Ray and all that, then he was like, all right, I'll do it. But KG didn't want to leave to anybody that doesn't remember that. He wasn't. He didn't demand a trade. He didn't force his way out of Minnesota. And once they started talking about trading him somewhere, he was like, no, put some pieces around me. I want, I want to win with my team because KG is that way, which is why he does hold his sales 16 close and – he dealt with them his brothers, and he was mad when Ray left because it is about us and stuff. Because at the end of the day, he did get traded, but he didn't want to get traded. And then they bring up, oh, and after that, you went to Brooklyn when he was old. He didn't want to be traded then either. They had to convince. So he he's consistent. They they had to people had to come by and be like, bro, this is what got to happen. And even Danny Ainge, I remember him telling Paul Pierce to them like, you know, we was we was about to break it up anyway. It was right. it was time to move y'all. The only piece was KG because he had a no trade clause so we had to put y'all together to make sure he would waive it but they were going to stop playing him if he didn't waive his no trade clause right. so KG he, he's never demanded a trade I mean I ain't going to say never because I don't I don't really just know like that but I do remember vividly they had to go to KG and be like bro waive your no trade clause like you need to you need to go so I, I can't say total BS in what he said because I do remember also it was calculated in LeBron them taking shorter deals so they could consider playing together because we all know about the conversation with Melo and what the original big three was supposed to be, Wade, Melo, LeBron. Right. And Melo, he was winning. He likes his time in Denver, so he didn't want to do it. Then he had a kid. I'm not turning down $80 million. Y'all crazy. I might not get this money back. Right. So, But it was supposed to be them. So it's some truth into it, but it's not complete. It's, right. I mean, it's not complete gospel either. Right. And speaking of Melo, not talking about Melo, but shout talk, to Melo, shout to Carmelo Anthony, showing niggas that if you can play basketball, you can play basketball. It, but this crazy. is not a, this is yeah. not about Melo right now. This is about 
Hassan Whiteside and his ever effective laziness. Oh, but real quick, uh, before we get, we can't get into him, but I, I want people to give Melo his credit for what he's doing. Portland was struggling, injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But Portland's in ninth place right now, and they're going to make the playoffs this year. And they, they weren't on pace to make the playoffs so before Melo got there. So he to- is undisputedly their third best player. Shout out Second to best player, really, because I'm not that high. I ain't going to say I'm not that high on CJ, but CJ be too up and down for me. What's but up? back to Hassan Whiteside. He recently had a quote, I guess he was asked about the, um, the possibility of getting traded for Kevin Love, and his whole thing was Kevin Love doesn't play defense like him and he doesn't rebound him. Right, because like did you see how the whole what happened? So it was after he had a big game or whatever, and he was joking with Melo, yeah, Kevin Love don't rebound like that. And then he had like five shots, and he was like, he don't block shots like that either. And then to what you're saying now, they asked him, you think about it? He's like, I ain't think about it. I was just joking with Melo. Clearly thinking about it. <laughs> right. But it's like, it's not Hassan Whiteside. What you've been giving Portland this year is what you've been doing your whole career. You're seven one. You're big body. You take up space. You're gonna get your twelve rebounds. He, but he at just this, assumes because he's averaging a double double. That means he's playing great. And he's like not. you. Sh- you can wake up. You could sleep and get a double double. Right? Especially with how he was talking in the offseason after he was moved. The we got shooters, we got shooters like you were the start. Like who is this we? You just getting here. You're part of the role player system. Right. But I, Hassan Whiteside has, and I've said this before off record. Hassan Whiteside is a very leave and leave things to be desired type of player. It's a reason why he hasn't been an all-star. It's right. a reason why Miami also took him out of the offense. Right. Because he doesn't provide much offense because he doesn't want to provide the offense. He thinks, like, he's 7-1. You're not the only 7-1 player out there. And even if you were, you're not the only 7-1 player. You're not the only player with a long wingspan. People, exactly. you don't move your feet well. You, Kevin Love will be an upgrade from Hassan Whiteside because he's not giving us much. I know we need him because Nurk isn't supposed yeah, to be back this year. Right. So it's like we do need a, we do need a ram protector, but it's not Hassan Whiteside. He's not helping right. the way he should be helping. And I would he, love the Kevin yeah. Love trade for Hassan Whiteside. And he tried to say that, uh, you know, I don't think Kevin Love is going to help with the defense or whatever, but clearly you aren't helping with the defense either because you're supposed to be a defensive anchor and your defense is bad. So your anchor isn't working right. that well. My only thing with the Kevin Love thing is – Unless they're gonna say they're gonna commit him to playing center, I just think it clashes with Melo. Unless they're moving Melo back to the three, so I would be interested to see how that goes. Because I don't think I think they play in such a good rhythm with Melo, you don't necessarily have to move him to the bench. So I I, I would like somebody that fit better with Melo, better with Melo, CJ and um, Dane because they play well together. And I think I want to keep Melo in the rhythm that he's in because he's an important piece of that team. But Kevin Love would fit well with him. I would just play him at center though. Yeah. And like I said, they're gonna probably get Zach Collins back before the end of the year. That's another seven footer. You can play him and him with him at the center with Kevin Love at times. But Hassan Whiteside just hasn't been the answer to what Portland needed. So I, yeah, I think it's time to move on. And it's likely either gotta be in a trade for Kevin Love or Danilo Gallinari. I would probably prefer Kevin I like, Love, I like but too. I like Dino as well. Cause Dino could play a three, and a four, play three, so four. He yeah. could fit with them. I I would prefer probably Kevin Love though. Uh, I think Dino's a good player, but he's left a lot to be desired his whole career for me. Honestly, ever since he got traded for Melo, so I I prefer Kevin Love. I think the um, I think the crowd would like him. You know, he's from Oregon. So he, and I, Kevin Love wants to go back. He wants to go yeah. to Portland. 
So I think it just makes sense. And then that'll keep LaMarcus Aldridge from coming back since he wanna go back now. He shouldn't have never left. So right. get another power for it so you can't so you don't gotta, gotta get LA. LaMarcus. Yeah. yeah. LA don't deserve he, the port, he don't deserve to go back to Portland. Right. Stay in San Antonio and retire there because you could have stayed in Portland. You had no reason to leave. So I don't want him going back to Portland. All right. So stay in stay in San Antonio. All right. Our Atlanta Hawks they lost another game last night. They didn't have a place of last place. Yeah, the Hawks, I believe they had a this, this is my problem with the Hawks. It ain't even that they lost the other day to the New York Knicks. They got blown out by the, how you lose by twenty to the Knicks. Like y'all both have the worst record I'm in, co- in Trey, the Knicks. I think Trey Young had forty one against the Knicks. Yeah, forty two and eight. Forty two and eight. Then yeah. he came back he had thirty against Utah last night. I seen this on a Twitter shots out the Hoops and Brews. I think it was uh, TPJ. He said uh, Trey Young is the most ineffective player in the NBA. That's not uh, – I love Trey, but when you're averaging 28-9, you got the worst record in the league. I'm not even going to lie. I was watching their stats the other day, and, and Trey's – his shooting percentages are great. But I was like, damn, Trey's really just putting up stats. I mean, it's not really leading to nothing. But John Collins getting suspended doesn't help. No, absolutely correct. Your, your, your role players that you're expecting to make a step up, not hooping, doesn't help. But with that said, I also saw somebody say Trey Young is just a score first pass against Steve Nash, which, I mean, really that's because he's Steph Curry, but he just ran with the Steve Nash thing because don't compare him to two-time MVP. It was getting crazy because – I mean, well, Steve Nash is a two-time MVP. True, exactly. No disrespect. <laughs> but when they was comparing him to Steph and it wasn't like his shooting percentage wasn't Steph results, it was like, oh, I really prefer to be Steve Nash. It's like, bro, you, you prefer to be Steve Nash? You scoring 30 points per game? Not really. You Steve, Steve Nash may be a big influence on you, but – you ain't Steve Nash. You're not. So, but <laughs> I can't really disagree with that because, like I say, his numbers are his numbers are there. Um, but he is just putting up big shots and, I mean, 20. It's, it's like I said with Anthony Davis, 36 last night. He's averaging 28 and 8. 28 and 8 and a half. What, what, can, you, what can you say? Right. But he could be better. You know, could he could be better. I think he could shoot a higher percentage. I think Trey is too good of a shooter. He should be shooting 44% yeah. from the field and 37 from three. I think he should be at about 46. And which, again, goes back to even back to the Steve Nash-Steph Curry comparison. Right, Steve Nash, 50-40-90. Steph right. was 50-40. Close to 50-40-90 50, 90 every year, year. right. But so it's like – Steph, was he not 50-40-90 the year they won in 73? Um – no. Yeah, he was. He was. He was, he was ninety, fifty, forty-five. Forty-five, right? Because that was the first of all time. Because I, mean. I know he's all. You know, Steph now is getting to the point where he, because he's in his prime, he understands how to play. Steph is basically, I think, if Steph come back healthy next year, just to switch gears real quick, we're not gonna stay on here long. But I think Steph is gonna be the first person in the NBA with a 90, 50, 50 season, which he almost did last year. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy he almost did it last year. Yeah. He, his, the season that him and KD both kind of had last year kind of got overlooked because uh, they both had some crazy stretches. And, uh, you know, they couldn't be in the MVP race, even though LeBron and Anthony Davis are both in the MVP race this year, according to the media. But that's another story for another day. But um, I do think it could be 50-50-90. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Just to switch topics, it's the middle of December. Of course, no MVP resume is filled out yet. But I think last night, just go back to Milwaukee and the Lakers real quick. I think last night was Giannis' first MVP that's the first game off his checklist for his NBA MVP. Right, because this is the time where you can start building your resume. And that game, I'm, I, 
I hate to not say I'm high, not high on Giannis. I just don't love Giannis the way everybody else do. But I definitely, definitely, definitely respect Giannis's approach to the game. Like he saw that game last night. We both got the best records in the league. LeBron's a top five player. Anthony Davis a top five player. Or well, I want to think I'm the best player. And Giannis, I said it on Instagram. Like he gets up for those games. He he wants to show that he not only belongs, but he's the best, and that I could win this game. So. It definitely was an MVP game for Giannis right. last night. Thirty-four points, career high five threes, and you know he 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 was taking the threes confidently. Like I take these shots, right? But I like a couple times he had the post. He did the the Kobe reverse around the right shoulder uh, jump shot. Giannis looked good last night, so. and um, you know Luca is my MVP. Even though we're not talking MVPs, right now, I just want Luca to win the MVP. But uh, yeah, Giannis. If if we're starting with statement games, this check was, mark. Yeah, this was because this is when you start making statement games. I'm not saying he hasn't had good games that wouldn't this He had it, but that's the first one. But December the 18, 17, right? All the games before that are precursors. You exactly. doing what you're supposed to be doing, and then now. This is your, like I said, even though they're both awful, one losses, they right. both had best record, so it's like. Best record league, but we 20, 30 games in. Right. Everybody played other than Eric Bledsoe, so you can't be like, oh, this person, that person. Kyle Kuz didn't play, so Bledsoe Kuz, whatever. But your, your heavy hitters played. You know, they missed one person, you missed one person. They missed their third best player, you missed your third best player. Um, so, yeah, that was for sure, I think it was a, a really good statement for Giannis. And I, the way he just, to me, with their numbers being so close, he just so outplayed Anthony Davis to me, and I think that's that extra, what really mattered. That extra effort, yeah, I think that really, that really, really mattered. Um, I think Milwaukee as a team just gave that extra effort. They Milwaukee want to prove that they real finals. But like, I think that yeah. also starts with Giannis. Yeah, for Please. sure, for sure, starts with Giannis. So great win for Milwaukee. Um, I guess we're gonna get out of here in a second, but before we do, I want to switch up to uh, to Philly a little bit real quick. Can't end without talking about Philly for a they second. They got the Mavericks tonight at they, eight o'clock. ESPN. No Luca, right? No Luca. No Luca. Uh, Philly just lost their first home game. You know they started off the year last undefeated team, then they went on a little losing streak, and they got hot again. Um, and they they you know they they've taken care of some business, but then they have it at the same time. Joel's been in and now he's having a. He's having a solid season. I expected more. Ben, I expect Ben to pick it up. I think with Philly, Philly team probably got the best starting lineup in the NBA. Definitely top three starting lineups. Their bench is so bad, and their the shooting isn't really so reliable that I expect Philly to make a move. But I got two, th- three things I want to say about Philly. I think they definitely need to make a move. Go get Wayne Ellington. Or uh, I'm just naming a shooter. So, uh, Wayne Ellington or one of those shooters like that, bring them into the fold because definitely need a shooter. J.R. Smith, he's sitting at home messing with Iris from Flash, but whatever. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> go sign J.R. Smith or something. Right. Um, but it's it's something that I want to see Philly do that Brett Brown has proven to not do so far, and I think it's going to lead to him getting fired. He he's going down a real Mike D'Antoni ish way of not making adjustments. He doesn't adjust well. And an adjustment I would like to see him make to bolster Philly's bench and to free this player up, even though he's been having a solid season, I would like to see Josh Richardson get moved to the bench. Because with the starting lineup, it's like he's just expected to be a knockdown shooter, which he he's really more of a slasher, playmaker, scorer than a shooter. 
So I think with him coming off the bench, that'll bring some scoring to the bench. That will free him up to be like, hey, you the first option. We running plays through you. It could be some times where it's just him and Embiid on the court and things like that, which, I mean, you could do that while he's a starter also. Oh, but right. that's, that's something I would like to see him do. And I would just like to see Brett Brown make better adjustments. So it's going to lead to him being fired. Brett Brown, like Philly, you know, new pieces. You trying to cultivate this championship culture. So I didn't expect them to be perfect. They still, at the oh, end of the day, are top three in the East. So right. you can't cry for them. But they their team leaves a lot to let a lot to be desired. And they don't hold on leads well because once the starters come out the game, it's over. And it, I don't think it's really good. So I think that Josh Richardson probably should be moved to the bench. I think Ben should play higher minutes because he's the young, healthy guy. So Ben's top five defender in the NBA. I would take advantage of all Ben's talent. But Philly, Philly uh, they, they need to be better, I think. Right, they need to be better and they can be better. Yeah, and uh, but, shout out to Tobias. Tobias been getting hot a little bit recently. I think Tobias, unless Ben steps it up, Tobias is going to get Ben's all-star spot because Ben is not an all-star right now. But uh, Who would you put in the star lineup for Josh Rich? You take, put him on the bench, you got to put somebody in the star lineup. Exactly. Who would you, who's the player you would put that would be, you think would be the most effective? I could go with me personally because I think they need a shootout there. I would go with uh, Kirk Myers. Kirk Myers, right, and that's what they would need. And then he still kick fit with the size six, 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 seven player. So Kirk Miles will fit, but I will go with somebody that I like. Um he's he's getting a lot of praise is, is Matisse Stiver. Uh Matisse Ricky, already one of the best defenders in the NBA. Right. He's a def- the first thing I heard about him was he's a defensive playmaker. I mean he's a good on ball defender, but he makes game like he gets the steal that gets the crowd into it. He gets steal and get a dunk and to get the team into it. Solid shooter also, so you're not really, you know, real three and D kind of player. I believe he, you know, he's shooting a pretty high percentage from three this year, or a solid percentage uh, from three. He's shooting forty-six percent from three. So I mean, two attempts. Two attempts. So he doesn't take high threes, but he could take more threes, and I think he is about a forty percent three-point shooter. But when you put him in there with his defense, his shooting, and his youth, and then he's not—he—he fits the shooter defender while. Uh, Josh Richardson fits the scorer right. defender. You can Josh Richardson can be on the bench. He can be your Jamal Crawford. He can be your Lou Williams. Like Thibault can just shoot threes and he can defend. And with him and Ben on defense, plus Joel and B has been top three in defense. And then you throw Al Horford out there. Tobias Harris, was, Tobias Harris would literally be the only weak link at weak, on yeah, defense. Yeah, and, and he plays defense. Just, I mean, he's right. not a lockdown defender, but he plays defense. Right. He's not a weak spot. So right. I would, I would definitely swap that. And then still Thibault six five. So still good, got good, good size. size. He'd be the shortest player in the starting lineup right. at six five. So that's pretty good. Right. So I I would swap those two. That would be the adjustment that I would make, and not because Josh Richardson doesn't deserve to close games or he isn't playing. The bench is so bad that if you put Josh Richardson on the bench, I mean that's what seventeen points per game on the bench. So well fourteen, 14. excuse me, but he averaged seventeen sixteen last year. So putting him on the bench, he probably can get back to that sixteen point per game range because he'll get more opportunities right. and. I think Josh is from thirty six. You think he'd take except that coming off the because you know some play at the end of the day you could right. like you can want a player to come off the bench, but you think he'll accept that coming off the bench? Right, and he's been starting for a couple of years now, young player. Um, I think I, I would hope that he would, and I think that he would. He doesn't seem like he's too high maintenance or right. whatever. Yeah. So I think he he would, and for a championship team, you should. I I think it's the right move and. Honestly, he, he's playing like a player that should be a six-man and not just starting two. Right. And the offense doesn't – they don't need another – Bible will help space, will help the spacing. Let's let's see if his shooting, his three-point percentage is real or not. Is he really a 40%, you know what I mean, three-point shooter, which I right. think he is. So, 
and one more shout out DeAndre Ayton. He just came back from his twenty five game suspension the other night. I think he had a. Uh, 18 and 12, I yeah. think. He, he, that, that's his number. He, he sticks with the 18 and 12. Mm-hmm. It's like you could pencil every night, DeAndre 8, 18 and 12. I mean, they, they lost. Devin Booker didn't play that game, so, you know, they took the L. Cause, True. But, but he, what, what happened with him, and luckily Phoenix, I mean, they fell off, but they're still right there. I believe they're in ninth place, 10th place, so they're right behind Portland. But we said in 25 games, remember, Phoenix was in, I mean, it was early, early, obviously. But Phoenix started off the year top in the playoffs, but 25 games could affect what happened. So hopefully he learned from this. And, I mean, considering it wasn't an injury, no, he should still be in great shape. Shape, So shout out to Aiden. Hopefully we get uh, John Collins should be about to come back soon, and hopefully these guys will right. stay on the court. Right. A lot of players returning there. Fox came back from injury the other night. Shout out to Aaron um, Fox. Marvin Bagley's played. You know he's back. I didn't even realize he only played the first game of the season before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And you know he's played his last five. So shout out to him. That's also helped Sacramento in the win category because they just got more bodies out there right. and pieces that they needed and were missing. Shout out to Kelly Oubre for dunking on Paul George the other night and staring him down. They lost, but I just that was just such a nasty dunk. I just had to bring that back out. He dunked on him for he dunked on him for real. That's because Paul George tried to block with the off hand and Kelly Oubre's left handed, so yeah, he, he, he didn't stand a chance. I think that's all we got for today. Yeah, that's all we got. Um, look out for tonight's game. It's Friday, Philly versus Dallas. That should be a really, really, really entertaining game. I can't wait to watch that, even though Luca isn't playing. I can't wait to see. Uh, you know, I like I like that Luca being out against Brazil is more of an opportunity to just get some shots up right. or whatever, and just get more comfortable. Even though they play really well together, I think people have been a little too hard on Brazil, considering he's averaging about eighteen, eight and two blocks, something, something in that range. I'm just Fresh Guessing off his numbers. Yeah, fresh fresh off, off injury, 18, 8, 2 blocks, them all star numbers. Right. So, shout out to uh, Dallas. But uh, definitely need Philly to get this win after coming off a loss. All right. Other than that, I'm John W. It's Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. All right, players.